Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Hey, um, thanks for coming to church. Thanks for being a part of Highway. We love this place. And um, if you see me acting strange tonight, I've got one mission tonight. I'm going to try and get out of Ben Law's camera shot. So uh, I was having a, a game with young Ben Law before the service. And you know what? We have cool people. The volunteers and the team of Highway are legends. The sacrifice of their time, of their talents, and of their giftings for the extension of the kingdom of God is incredible. So thanks to everyone who is on a team at the moment. And if you want to be on a team, there's always room for more. But uh, yeah, if I'm acting strange like this or whatever, I'm trying to get out of the stat cam thing because Ben reckons he, Ben reckons I can't outrun him. But see, look, oh, we'll give it a go. So keep an eye on for that. If my message is boring, just focus on that. That'll be cool. Hey, uh, I've titled this message, See and Reflect. Everyone say, See, see. And, and Reflect. My point of this message is to make our Christianity, not to simplify it to the point of being dumb, like not to dumb it down too much, but to make it so simple and so make sense and click maybe even for the first time that we can actually leave this place and we can live it. I think Christianity that is just head knowledge is good because it tickles tickles our intellect, but Christianity that is applied in life brings about change and lasting change. So see and reflect my message is called. I'm going to um, read from 2 Corinthians. So Corinthians is written by Paul to the church in Corinth, legends. That's pretty easy, eh? Like Philippians, where's that? Philippi, you know, you can sound like a Bible scholar when you don't know anything. How good is that? Hey, uh, but Paul wrote this uh, book of Corinthians to the church in Corinth to affirm a couple of things, his ministry, but also to refuse, refute the false teachers that were around at that time. So as we read this context, we can understand that Paul's writing this to encourage the church to build their faith, to establish the ministry of the gospel of the good news of Jesus, and that we can be aware, we can take these on as true teachings, because that was St. Paul's message as he wrote this. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. The old way. Someone say the old way. With laws etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. I'll let you know what he's referencing. When Moses come down the mountain after meeting with God in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, his, his face shone. Sorry, in the book of Genesis. Let me get that straight. I'm, I'm like, no, Exodus. I'm right the first time. Why am I questioning myself? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Come on, help me out here. Um, when he come down after getting the Ten Commandments, his face shone with the glory of God. And, and then he covered his face up as the glory started to fade away. I think sometimes we've lost this, this presence of God in the cover-up. You see, it's good when things are glowing. It's good when things are shining. It's good in those moments. But then we feel in our humanity sometimes that we need to cover up when the glory fades. I'm here to tell you this. God created our humanity and he's okay with it. But it's not an excuse and it's not something we have to cover up, but it's something that we have to allow to be transformed in the image of Christ. 
We are blessed now that we live on this side of the cross, that we can have more access to the presence of God because of the outpouring of the Spirit, because we can see the fulfillment of Messiah came to earth, died on a cross for us so that we can have unlimited access to God. That it's not about us making ourselves good enough anymore, but it's us releasing our flesh and saying, hey God, you made me, use me. So his face was shining and it was fading away, verse 8. Shouldn't we have expected far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life. I didn't read that as a question, did I? I'm not sure. Question mark. If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more? Someone say, how much more? Glorious is the new way which makes us right with God. In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? I'm going to keep reading. Stay with me. Verse 12, since the new way gives us confidence, gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Turn to your neighbor and say, be bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened and to this day whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can, only, can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes. Turn your name and say yes. yes. Even today when we read... when. They read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. Verse 16, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and when, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Let's stop there. There's a few keys in there. I love that bit how it says, see and reflect the glory of the Lord. What are we seeing? What are we seeing? Well, let's look at the life of Christ for an example. The life of Christ, when we see Christ, we see that His life showed us how to live in the culture of the day. Do you know that Jesus lived so countercultural for his time? He disrupted the rulers of religious law. He was consistently found on the side of the people that were oppressed or ostracized or once removed that they couldn't get access to the temple or to God. Christ's death, when we look at his death, we see that death, pain is part of our human experience. We see that he suffered so that we can overcome. His resurrection shows us that pain, death, it brings forward new life so we have access to hope and a future because of what Christ has done. His ascension into heaven gives us this example that one day we will be with Him. In another realm, in another place, we will be with Him. The outpouring of the Spirit shows that it's not about the presence of God like in Moses' day coming on a person for a time or a reason, but it was free access because the, the Holy Spirit was given to all and we have free access to it today. So we reflect, we see and then we reflect. So my question to you is, how are you reflecting the life of Christ? Because when I read the Gospels, 
it's a pretty tough marking stick. You see, when we read the things like the commandments, we can say, yep, tick them off one by one, all ten, I'm nailing this, like the rich young ruler did when he came to Jesus. But Jesus' example went so much beyond that, and it was really challenged me as I read the Gospels today. How do I live for Jesus in this time and this place? How do I live with conviction when no one else around me seems to have it? How do we defend the oppressed like he did? How do we value the devalued or the unvalued? What does it look like to be a young person or an old person with Christ-like character in 2022? Christ's death, his sacrifice of flesh for the betterment of our spirit, for the freedom of us. Christ's resurrection, when we reflect the resurrection of, of when we reflect his resurrection, we see that pain, death brings forward new life in us. Can I encourage us? And this is going to sound hard. But sometimes we need to stop praying for God to end the hard times and God help me through this. God grow me in this. Build my faith, God. Help me to be an overcomer. Don't just let me escape debt free, but God build something in my spirit and my soul that I can trust you and I can rely on you. I'll press into you, God, if you'll pull me through. God build my character. We get to reflect the outpouring of the Spirit because we've gone from receiving to being equipped to be ministers. Every single one. Whether on a platform or not. Whether we have a microphone or not. See and reflect. When we see, we can first of all, we can live confidently. It says in verse 12 there, it says, Since the new way gives us such confidence, the new way, God coming to earth, showing us the way to live. His Holy Spirit empowering us is the new way. It gives us confidence. Do you know what? I'm not a confident person in myself. But do you know what I'm confident of? Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not about your confidence meter in yourself. It's about His confidence in you. Psalm 27, 13, I always quote this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Yet I am confident I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of Christ in him. You can have confidence this evening knowing that it's not how good you are, but it's about how good he was, but how good he continues to be because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, so that I can have confidence that it's not in how good Slats is, if you can read my number plate, like your complaints that the seven doesn't look like a T, but it's meant to be a T, all right, you'll know what I mean later on. It's not how good I am, but it's about His confidence as imparted in me, so that when I feel weak, when I feel insecure, when I don't have the confidence, I don't need to puff myself up. I need to say, no, Holy Spirit, would you pour out more of your confidence in me so that I can walk according to your spirit and not according to my flesh? We reflect his confidence. When I look at Christ, I can have full access to everything that he has by the impartation of the Holy Spirit. I can have confidence when I shouldn't. The second thing I can have is I can have boldness. At the end of verse 12 there, it says, uh, gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. When was the last time you were bold for God? Like, when was the last time we stood out, stepped out in faith? 
Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. How's this one? Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. We have boldness because of Christ in us. Can I encourage you? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Have you ever felt that? Where you're like, oh, I don't know whether I should admit that I'm a Christian. I don't know whether I should step out. I, I feel like Holy Spirit's prompting me now, but I'm a bit, you know, and the flesh is a bit weird. It was really hard at the start when I first started working at church because it's like the first thing. What's your name? What do you do for work? And it's like, oh, I work at a church. You know, and, and then people's face always change. They're either positive or negative, And it's like, what am I talking to you for? You know, it goes like that. Or it's like, oh, really? What does that look like? You know, and they're inquisitive. But we can be bold. I don't need to be scared of my faith. Do you know that God doesn't need protecting? Have you ever tried to do that? Justify God's actions? I've done it so many times and I'm like, wait a minute. God, if you're as good as I've come to know you, you don't need me to be your defense lawyer. We used to do this thing at youth camp. It was called Judge Geordie. What's it called now, Dan? Ref Rachel. Oh, Rach, come on down. The next generation. But it was like this mock courtroom at youth camp and, you know, they'd stand there and someone would get punished or whatever based on now Ref Rachel. It used to be Judge Geordie back in the day on their judgment. And then their connect group leaders or their leaders, they'd be able to, the kid would be able to nominate their like, connect group leader to be like their attorney, their defense lawyer, and go, no, 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 they didn't mean to knock down all the girls' tents. They just tripped over something and fell, and then that just happened. You know, like, and it was, it's always funny. It was so good. But, you know, we're not God's defense lawyer. I'm sorry, my experience shows that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. My experience tells me that bad things happen to good people. My experience tells me that there are some things in life that I cannot change, but I can grow through them. I don't need to defend God. I can speak boldly of how good he is and the grace and the healing that he's done in my heart, in my mind, and in my life. Can I encourage you this week, find an opportunity to be bold. Find an opportunity to be bold. Number three, the third thing that I can reflect is I can reflect freedom. I can live in freedom. I don't think we talk about freedom enough in church. Like we literally have full access to freedom. In verse 17, it says this, it says, for the Lord is spirit, is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where is the Lord's spirit? Where is it? But wait a minute. If the Lord's spirit is in us, that means that everywhere I go, the spirit goes. That means that every circumstance I find myself in, I can have access to freedom because he's in me. It's like Peter Pan trying to outrun his shadow. It doesn't work. I can't escape the spirit because his, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's in here. The spirit is in me. So where I go, I can have freedom because of his spirit is in us. Let me encourage you. You don't need to live bound anymore. What if I told you that the things that were holding you back were in your mind? 
What if I told you they're in the flesh and not in the spirit? Let's click out of flesh thinking and into spirit thinking that we can have freedom because of what he has done for us. Pastor Ann and Pastor Byron have been talking a lot this year about Isaiah 61. And I'll read the first verse. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon a select few who are really good generational Christians, perfect church attendants. Uh, is that it? Live a super boring Christian life. Have done for years. Now the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This may be a revelation that Isaiah had, but you know what? This is a messianic prophecy. Do you remember Jesus stood up in the temple and he said, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now we live after Christ. Now we live after the outpouring of the Spirit so I can stand up boldly like Isaiah did, like Jesus did, and I can say, hey, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Why don't you say that this afternoon? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. When I hug Jethro and I send him off to school, when I do the drop-offs in the morning, I tell him how proud I am of him, tell him how much I love him. We pray normally, but I say, you know, remember that you're a slatcher. doesn't mean anything. Slatcher. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that it's not that important. <laughs> he doesn't know that it doesn't mean a lot. He doesn't know that I don't even know what nationality I am. Everyone asks me that. What color of my skin? What nationality? I have no idea. But you know what? It doesn't matter in that moment when I tell Jethro, remember, you're a slatcher. What matters is that the confidence that I say it with and how he goes, wow, I am. I am. That's what it should be like. It doesn't matter who you are. But when you can stand boldly and say, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. It's upon me. He has anointed me. To proclaim good news to the poor. Is that physically poor? Yes. I'm always going to link this on the fly to the Beatitudes. The poor in spirit. Those that need more of God, whether it's physical or spiritual. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor in spirit. The poor in need. Pastor Byron's about to go to India soon for the first time since COVID. And you know what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon him and he's going to bring good news to the poor in India, whether it's spiritual or physical, in Jesus' name. He has sent me to bind up brokenness. Sometimes we feel like we're dealers rather than binders. Do you know what I'm talking about? What do binders do? You get a binder at school, remember those days? You put all things in so you don't lose them. So they're stuck in one place. We're called to bind up, not to deal in brokenness. Sometimes it's like brokenness attracts. You know, it's, oh, did you hear this happen and then this happened and this happened? Oh, man, I feel for them, man, I can't. And then we start to struggle with our faith because we deal in brokenness rather than bind up brokenness. He's called me to proclaim freedom for the captives. This is what I'm talking about, about reflecting. It's one thing to see freedom in the life of Christ, Part two is reflecting that freedom, that I am a freer of those bound because Christ has freed me to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Verse 17, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Is his spirit in you? Then this afternoon you can experience his freedom 
in any circumstance. Seriously, right now, maybe, can I just pray actually right now in the middle of a message, Holy Spirit, right now, across, across every mind in this place, God, across every person right now, God, anyone that is feeling bound or stuck or broken in them, whether it's in their mind or in their circumstance, Holy Spirit, minister right now. Holy Spirit, break that chain. God, show them that they can have full access for your freedom because of your Spirit in them. If your Spirit brings freedom and your Spirit is in us, then God, we receive your freedom right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you'd point things out in our lives, Lord, that need to be broken by your Spirit right in this instance, we pray. And in Jesus' name, everything broken that needs to be. Amen. So freedom for us, but then our job is to reflect the freedom. So we see the freedom in Christ, we receive it and we're free, but then our job is to be a freedom dealer, a freedom giver, to minister of freedom. Verse 18, I'll go up and read that again. It says, So all who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I love that bit how it says that the veil's been removed, we can see and reflect the glory of God. Did anyone grow up in a Planet Shakers era? Does anyone remember that song Reflector? Do you remember that? Thank you, Kylie. I'll take that hand over there. One person. That was before it was Planet Boom, guys. This Planet Shakers wasn't a church, it was their youth ministry. I remember playing on the guitar. It was probably the only song I could ever play on the stupid thing. <laughs> but it was this song that said, I want to be a reflector. I want to shine with your glory. Our Christianity doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. That we would reflect God. I had this thought as I was preparing this message, and stay with me because I'm not a scientist, but I just want an illustration to convey what I'm trying to say. Think about the earth, the sun, and the moon. We're, the sun in, we're not the sun in this situation. We're the moon. The sun gives light to all. The sun pulls the earth to itself. The moon just reflects the glory of the sun. That's us. You don't need to pull all men, all people to you. You don't need to keep the earth spinning. You just need to reflect the light of the sun, which is God. Can I encourage you? to be a professional reflector. Let's get busy reflecting. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Ephesians 4.24, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Romans 8.1-4, you ready? Roll with me on this one. So now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So we have that freedom. The law of Moses was unable to save because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be satisfied. 
for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. We're not the sun, we're the moon. Moses' glory was fading, but the plan of Jesus' glory was to multiply. Remember Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? He makes a statement. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. The glory of God in the Old Testament in Moses' life, it was fading. But the glory of God today, it's multiplying. It's multiplying, man. It almost should be the brightest spot in the world tonight because of us. Because when we open our heart up to the Spirit, we're enlightened. The light comes in and then we become this reflector, this light of the world. A seat on a hill cannot be hidden. Our job is to be a reflector. I have experienced God's goodness in my life. I want to reflect that to others. I have experienced His comfort in the midst of grief. So I'm going to reflect that to others. I have experienced His strengthening and building of my spiritual muscles in the midst of pain. I'm going to reflect that to others. I have experienced His presence in the depth of loneliness. I am going to reflect that to others. I have experienced His grace in the midst of my shortcomings, in the midst of my failures. I'm going to reflect that because He is my strength in my weakness. His present in the midst of our pain. See, previous seasons, I believe that people have been okay with a veiled leader. <laughs> like Moses' day. Oh, if Moses says it, yeah, we'll do it. I believe more than ever, this generation doesn't want a veiled leader to follow. They're not looking for a veiled Christian to follow. One that has a cover over and sort of lets you only see the things they want to see. No, no, no. I believe our world's looking for unveiled leaders. Us, real people who love God and reflect His glory. It's not about being perfect. Stop trying to disqualify yourself. No, no. It's about reflecting the goodness of God to everyone that we come in contact with. It's time to take off the veil. Our world needs to see the goodness of God in you. Let's pray. God, right now, I just pray. God, I pray for everyone in this room. God, everyone that may be listening to this message later on. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be reflectors of you. God, I pray for those, Lord, that need boldness. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would impart boldness right now. God, those that need confidence, God, I just pray they'll stop trying to manufacture it in their own ego, God, and they'll rely on you. God, I pray for those that feel bound, stuck, trapped in life. God, I pray, Lord, that they would receive your freedom and they would get busy freeing others too. And God, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that we would have full access to be a reflector for you. God, let us be Christ-like people in our world, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you come, Poppy? Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.